Hello, hey, and welcome to Ask the Color Expert. My name is Elaine Travis. I am a career hair colorist, independent educator, and author of the book, A Colorful Journey. I'm here every week sharing tips, tricks, and stories that are all things hair color. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Today's special guest is Tracy Fatacek. She is a salon owner. She is so creative. She is on fire. I'm going to list off all the things she has going on. She's been featured in American Salon. She's been on the Today Show. She's been featured by the Chicago Tribune. Her and I just chatted it up a little bit before we pushed record. And I honestly could talk to her forever. She created the Pretty Convenient app that we're going to talk about today, as well as Pretty Set Go. So I'm exhausted just listing off what she does and feeling pretty lazy right now. Um, But Tracy, I'm so happy to have you here and I can't wait to dig into all of these projects and share them with my audience. So welcome. Thank you so much, Elaine. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I know, I feel like we probably just need to schedule a separate type of Zoom meeting or something and have coffee, or I need to fly down to see you so we can hang out for a weekend and chat. (laughs) That sounds wonderful. Absolutely. I'm sure I have to book you for 2023 for that. But uh, um, something (laughs) that I came across when I was reading your bio for this interview, um, Tracy and I have never met. So we're meeting for the first time on this interview, which is always exciting. I love to talk to people in our industry, but something that um, was included in your bio is that you do not like tipping. And I loved that because I've been toying with that idea back and forth for some time. And I think, I think it's amazing if you can start your business that way, but when you try to take away tipping from uh, an employee, it can be a little bit of a battle. (laughs) Um, So talk about that. I mean, I I get it. I get the incentive for it and, and just that it's an all around easier model, but um, talk about that a little bit. Thanks for asking. Yeah, it's a bit of a controversial conversation when you're talking within the industry, but my goal and purpose is really to empower stylists and bring legitimacy to the industry. And so um, one of the things I found is that with the tipping model, uh, artists cannot count on what their salary is going to be. So what does that do? Well, it limits their um, ability to purchase a home or purchase a car or create some sort of credit history to allow their personal life to flourish because you do tend to the banks and the require multiple years of tracking of how you were paid um, and what those tips look like. So what I realized is when I owned multiple salons in the past and they did very well, my team was receiving large tips, but they also mentally, they were also hurt if they didn't receive a large tip. And that is really, that's a beat up um, as well. So how could I, as I'm creating the Pretty Convenient app, be able to build a financial stream of income that allows the team to consistently flourish and to be able to meet those markers that are needed for the bank so they could build a home? or whatever they want to utilize their um, credit history or line for. And then also to be able to mitigate that mental beat up of thinking that they haven't done a great job. 
And so that's where the um, I stopped tipping and actually built out a payroll system that filled that gap, that they didn't feel like they were missing out on something by not being tipped because they were making a very strong, steady salary that would almost be the average as if they had been tipped over that period of time. And so by building a really strong payroll system that um, didn't allow that sting to happen, then it's been really great because the team knows if they perform X, Y, and Z, or they go out and perform these services or take on this wedding party, there's no hidden of how much they're going to make. They know when they go in, there's full transparency of these are the services. This is how much you're getting paid. This is what the check's going to look like at the end of the week. And um, it's interesting because once in a blue moon, I will actually go out and take over somebody's services for the day just so I can be um, in touch with what they're experiencing out there. You know, if they're having to haul a makeup bag up a four-story walk-up, I need to know how to make that makeup bag lighter, right? With the contents within it, because we do supply the equipment that they use. Um, and it's interesting because other people I'm working with, sometimes on the team, I'll hear the client say, well, let me just slip you a little bit here. And even if they do not know I'm listening, I'll hear my team say, no, 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 we get paid very well. We usually make about 60 plus an hour. So we're completely covered. There's no need. And there's a power and a dynamic between the customer and the stylist that shifts when that happens. And it's almost like their shoulders go back and they're a little bit more proud of, I got it, I'm taken well care of. I'm not just a service provider, I'm a business person. And it's just, it's, it's so great to see them empowered that way. I love that because my son is just graduating college and he'll do DoorDash in between for, you know, for beer money. And yeah. <laughs> they can see when they get a job that pops up, they can see whether the person tipped or not. And if it's far away and the person didn't tip, he's like, I'm not taking that. And that's yeah. because the fees are so low that if you don't get tipped, you're basically wasting your money in gas. So I love that you've already included that in there. And I think for the consumer, there's a bit of relief as well. You know, I joined a monthly spa here. It's a beautiful hotel here where I live in St. Pete Beach, Florida. And you can be um, when you live here, you can join a membership as if it's, you know, it's just like a bill that comes every month and I can get either a massage or a facial every month. And I love that I just float out of there and they have my card on file and I don't have to think about how much it actually costs me. It just happens automatically and there's no guilt. I always felt guilty. Oh my gosh, I just spent all that money, mm-hmm. you know, and it's such a temporary thing, but my skin feels better. I feel better. I really missed it during COVID. I had to put it on pause because nobody was <laughs> doing anything, but it really was liberating, not having to think about, do I do 15, 18, 20, you know, yes. oh, she wasn't that good. She, her breath smelled like onions and it was a terrible facial. Yeah, <laughs> I've had yes. those moments <laughs> where I, I don't want to quite tip as much, but it, like you said, it's an, it averages out because sometimes it's way better than the 20% and sometimes it's not so great, but overall for the year, it ends up being really comfortable. So you yes. started to mention um, some things about the pretty convenient app. So let's go into what that is for the people listening. Um, you know, how it works, what it is, um, and how they can get involved if they're ready to go mobile. Yeah, I love it. Um, 
Thank you. The app was really, it's interesting um, how it developed. I was a traditional salon owner. Um, we were a seven figure plus business doing really, really well. And then I had a company wide walkout, which so mm -hmm. many people in this industry have. And it was devastating. It was, as I like to describe a true gut punch. And I was making some changes within the business, but I wasn't properly communicating it with my team. And I was, it was one of those, uh, I got this, you know, as an entrepreneur, you tend to process things and handle change so much easier than under other individuals. And so I just assumed that they would go along for the ride without me having to tell them. So once I was able to transition through that and rebuild that business back up again, it gave me an opportunity. It's kind of like they say sometimes when somebody gets fired from a corporate job and they're like, oh, it was a blessing because it allowed me to do something different. That's how I looked at the time when I had um, was struggling and working my way back through this walkout is, well, this is an opportunity. Some of these ideas that I wanted to implement, um, clearly I was going to have to do a lot of work convincing the team. And at the time I was a salon owner, I worked behind the chair, I worked as a international trainer for a major product brand, as well as a freelance artist. And I love doing all four of those things. And I thought, gosh, there's got to be more people out there in this industry, artists that would like to do that as well. So I built that business up, I sold it, and then took those profits. And that's when Pretty Convenient Apps started to get, become developed and built. And within a six month period of time, we had the app developed um, here in the Chicagoland area. I had brought out a team and trained them with like-minded individuals. Um, some of them worked very full-time with me. Others were stylists behind the chair that just wanted to do photo shoots or go on set once in a while, but they didn't have the ability to do um, the research and the legwork and networking to receive those type of gig work. And so it just kind of developed from there on the employee or team member side. And um, then from strictly the consumer side, Let's all think about those clients that um, at the end of their service, it doesn't matter if you've nailed the haircut or the color or the skincare service. What do they always say at the end? God, I wish you could if come I could home just and take do my you hair. home. <laughs> <laughs> if you had a dollar for every time you've heard that. <laughs> well, now I have a dollar. <laughs> so <laughs> because I developed the app and I get the dollar now. But yeah, that's, I'm like, so I really want to encourage your listeners to, Listen to the world around you. If you hear something being said or asked of you on a regular basis and track it, of course, then there's something there that is not being a need that is not being met within your salon space, within your beauty brand, um, or within the world of consumers. And if you have the, um, the fortitude to bring it to market, you may have found something very special that nobody else has been able to execute on. And so that's what I just took those two things. The artists that want to do something outside of a traditional salon environment, but don't know how to get there and need to be supported. And the consumer that is busy, an executive that has needs hair and makeup before a special event or photo shoots, or the busy mom who is home all day with the kids and literally has 15 minutes to get her hair and makeup completed before she goes to whatever event she's going to in the evening. 
And so that's really how it, the impetus that really started my walkout, thank God it happened. I took ownership of what was my responsibility, placed what was ownership of their responsibility and then move forward. And I'm kind of glazing over that. Like it was like, I was going to say, you you make it sound like it was like, (laughs) Oh, new idea tomorrow. It's great. And when you said I brought in a team of qualified people, I'm like, okay, stop right there because that's the (laughs) toughest thing, whether they're just mobile and you don't have to deal with them in person or not. So I'm assuming all of the responsibility of marketing falls on you both ways, both finding the individuals for the app and finding the consumer to know about the app. So what did that look like? I can only imagine when it was brand new. Yeah. So that's a, um, it was quite an undertaking, but here I had, um, I knew that one of the things that I've always been known for is that I wasn't the best hairdresser um, in the room, but I created the most amazing experience for team members and I created the most amazing experience for customers and nobody could compare to that. And so that's what I really leaned into when it came to marketing and advertising is what was the history of what always kept that client coming back into the chair as I was building my career? Because we all know that traditionally when you graduate from school, unless you're a very special individual, you pretty much suck. So you need to rely on that customer experience to keep them coming back. And so I took that and I transitioned it into the social media world. And I really did build the beginning of this company strictly off of marketing and advertising, not paid through Instagram. And that's how it really started. And then leaning into my network. So that was the consumer side. When it comes to the team member, and I I say team members, even though um, I do have a small team of employees that work for me directly, everybody that works for me is independent contractors. So they control their schedules, where they go, when they go, that type of a thing. Um, And no is not a bad word. It's actually a great word because it makes space for somebody that wants it. And then I just come back to you later to fill in that um, area. And that's where I was able to lean in. I was still a um, international trainer for a major brand. So I was meeting people all the time that were watching what I was developing on social media and seeing that this was something that maybe they wanted to be part of. So I started developing different variant points of interest of to join my company. And that's also you know, we talked about this beforehand about the Gen X. Um, I'm Gen X. And so we live in a very linear type of a world, but the, um, the Y's and the Z's are, they want to have this freedom to come and go as they please, but they do also want to be supported. And so I leaned in into clues and hints of how to um, interact. And I got major inspiration from the generation um, behind me. Yeah, there's no giving them set hours and dress code mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah. show up at this time and stay whether you're busy or not that those days are completely over. And this was all pre COVID, you know, right. everybody blames COVID for the changes in the industry. Everything was happening way before that and needed to happen. I think it just gave people um, more, they felt more like inclined to do something different because the world was so upside down that it wasn't yeah. as scary because we couldn't do anything. Um, I know for mobile, technically, you're supposed to be um, running the services through a salon. How does all of that work with licensing, with checking that they're licensed, all of that? Like, 
here's my my Catholic school girl (laughs) that we talked we talked before we recorded that I went to 12 years of Catholic school and that while I am very brave and not fearful I'm also um very much a role follower when it comes to like the man you know like the structure and the government and taxes and you know I've always I was never like paying people under the table and doing all that stuff I was like I want to be up to your point I want to be able to buy a house I want my people to be able to buy houses. I want them to report all of their income. They're not winning by stealing their, you know, things and right. not reporting them. You're not winning at all. <laughs> um, and I think a lot of people got burnt on the COVID and because of that, because it looked like they're not making any money. And then when the government tries to help you out, they're like, oh, here's your hundred dollars that you reported. Here you go. <laughs> exactly. So what a mess, but okay. Off track. Go ahead. You answer. No, that, that, I mean, very much like you're saying, it's, with this business, I really did build a plane as we were flying. And so there was about one year into it, there was a lot of backtracking I had to do. But I am that person that was because I had owned salons in the past and had businesses built in the traditional four wall salon world. I understood this was the necessary licensing. And there's a cachet to be very proud to be able to say every single one of our artists on our team are fully licensed. It actually is what allows us to charge more for mobile services than most other um, companies out there. There's a lot of mobile services that are similar to what I do, but they only charge, say, $40, $50, $60 for an on-location blowout. We charge anywhere from $110 to $150 for this. The consumer, it allows me one, to pay the team very well, but it also um, gives the consumer great confidence that they have a licensed professional. So that vetting process really happens at the very beginning when somebody reaches out. My first um, question is, are you a licensed professional? Number one. Number two is, what do you want from us? What do you want? What What are your expectations for Pretty Convenient? Because so many times somebody comes into a business with all these expectations, but they don't share it. And as artists, we are allowed to ask. We are allowed to have expectations of our employer. It's our responsibility as the employer to say, you're not going to find that here. Or absolutely, your mind mind frame is exactly going to fit our culture. We'll teach you how to do the rest. And so being extremely transparent, because going back to that big walkout that I had, I wasn't relentlessly communicating. I wasn't as transparent of who we are and what our culture stood for. And that's where the breakdown um, between myself and my team came into. And I took that emotion and that feeling and that mistake, and I put it in my pocket and promised that it would be the leading to my culture. Also, what's been that. I actually, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say, go ahead. And then I'll kind of finish up what I was going to say. I actually had the opposite happen where I was so transparent and so sharing too much with my oh, original yeah. staff. I was 22 when I opened my salon and I had these two amazing girls working with me and I went to a typical hair show and this amazing business class was there. Um, this guy was great. He made it funny, but like gave a lot of gems of wisdom and he was talking about raising your prices and, you know, that we don't do it enough in the industry and that, you know, we base everything on commission, but then when we don't raise the prices, we need to raise the commission to give our staff a raise. And I was like, wow, light bulb moment. I would, I wouldn't have thought of that. (laughs) So 
So I came marching back into the salon and they said, how was your show? I said, oh my gosh, great. This guy was there and he gave me all these great ideas, but he did say, you know, I, I should never go above 50% commission because I'm going to be out of business oh. in five years. So <laughs> just to let you guys know, you know, the, you're going to be saying, and they were like, they both looked at each other and that was the end. I had the walkout and I'm like, duh, yeah. of course I had a walkout. I didn't give them the rest of it. Uh, I am going to continue to raise prices so that you will always get a raise. I didn't completely communicate that. You didn't finish that. the sentence, right? <laughs> and, and they didn't call me out or anything. It was just like an instant, you know, oh boy, we have to start looking. And then along comes, you know, someone who was coming to the salon to have her hair done, who befriended them and was like, oh, whatever she's giving you, I'll give you 10% more. And it was the bidding war of the commission and oh. the behind, you know, it was awful, but shame on me. Like, was I thinking saying that out loud because right. you don't know what you don't know. You're 22 years old. I mean, you don't know anything about business. So, but to your point, I feel the same way now that that happened, once it happens, it's kind of like you're initiated into the real salon world. Like until you've had a walkout, you're not a real business owner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're definitely not doing everything right. You haven't been beat up enough, but you'll never forget it. Right. Like no, my sister no. does, um, she does a motion code and she can do it virtually. And she was like, something happened to you when you were 31 that's coming up. And I'm like, 31, 31. I said, oh my gosh, that was my walkout. I literally was in the stirrups delivering my son and found out that two out of the three of my staff <gasps> were going to leave and I'm delivering this child. And oh it was goodness. traumatic. And I'm like, okay, I get it. 31, absolutely. Yeah. It was like a mini nervous breakdown. It was absolutely <laughs> And no maternity oh. with my son went right back in, literally like had to wear a pad, like didn't even heal, went oh. right back to the salon oh. to save my business. The right. universe was telling me to end that business because <laughs> exactly. the next chapter was so much better, but we don't know yeah. that. Right. And we're like trying to hold on to what's there. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to save this business. I have these amazing clients. They're not going to have anywhere to go. I have to fill it with more staff. I have to train that staff. And now to your point, you know, it's staff doesn't even have to be in the same building with you. Everything can look no. completely differently. Thanks to technology. It's, it's a blessing and a curse because yes. our kids are all going to look like Quasimodo with their hunched <laughs> necks from being on yes. their phone too much. Um, but I love this and I love, um, I don't know if you're finished with the pretty convenient, cause I want to make sure we talk about your yeah. pretty set go. We don't have enough time on this podcast to talk <laughs> about all your fabulousness. So you, you take the lead and pick up where we left off when I interrupted you. No, not at all. I love that you shared that story with me because it's, you do when you experience a tragedy in your business. And I want people to know that it, I know that we're beauty focused in our conversation, but what I found is I've expanded my horizons and connections just in the world of entrepreneurship is that a walkout is not unique to just the beauty industry. And I think that it's part of the reason why people do not so openly share in this industry that they've had a walkout because we think that it's strictly something that just happens in our world. And it's not, and it shouldn't be some big CIA secret. We should be able to openly share it because it is part of a journey. It doesn't have to be if you have the right coaches and mentors. And that's where I was kind of going with things is that I was really fortunate. Um, you are who you surround yourself with. And when that team walked out, I was, there was major shame 
around it and I didn't want to talk to anybody and I didn't want to tell anybody about it because I thought it was all my fault because pretty much my team told me it was all my fault that they were leaving. So what are you going to believe? You have to believe them. And then um, the, the gossip grapevine started spreading, but instead of it being bad, I had internationally renowned artists and distributors and a former business partner from several years ago that reached out to me and said, we're going to come work side by side with you in your salon and help you get through it. Because it was, it was the first Wednesday in November and I had a full book Mm. of holiday clients. And it's crazy because they held me up when I couldn't hold myself up. And my husband and my children would come, would come with me in the morning to get the the salon set up. And they would be there in the evening to help me clean it from top to bottom so I could reset for the next day. And I realized that I'm I'm not a bad person. They're not a bad person. And thank God I created relationships. And that was when people started saying, oh yeah, I've had three walkouts, you know, other industry professionals. And I'm like, wait a second, I've known you for 10 years and you've never told me this. And so it becomes a big part of my story. And I try to share it with every podcast or interview that I'm on because people need to know that um, there's so much you can learn from that. And, and they were the inspiration to, you know, you've got something, I started sharing the app and my concept behind it. And they're like, you've got something there. Um, You may want to explore it. And so that's when I say I built the business up to sell it, to start something new that I was truly passionate about. And I took that as well. I took that consumer experience and then transitioned it into a team experience. And I've always played with digital technology. Anyhow, I find it extremely fascinating. First time I ever really learned about how to utilize it is I was doing just a post on social media about a couple of products and how to blow out your hair like Rihanna and a friend that I hadn't seen for 30 years living in Washington, D.C., reached out and said, where can I buy those things? And she went to the store and purchased them. Like I told her where to go get them in the D.C. area. And that's when I was like, there is just something special about technology that we we've got to get out of this four square box of a salon and really expand into multiple streams of income. And um, that was this last year was why I launched the Pretty Set Go virtual beauty box because in the salon environment, you have 90% of your income stream or sales stream comes from one thing and that's services. And then if you're doing really well above national average, you're doing about 10% of your sales in um, take home. And when we had the pause and everything closed down, I had a team and I needed to pay them. And I had products sitting behind in the shelves and I had customers that were interested, that were contacting us like, I'm an essential worker. I still have to do my hair and makeup every single day. Or I'm on Zoom calls. They may not be in the office, but they've got to look good on Zoom. So we started selling products to them, which allowed me to maintain and save my team and keep money for them. And then they were like, well, how do I do this? And how do I do that? And (laughs) so then that's when email consultations as well as virtual consultations came into play. And I thought there's a way to monetize this and I'm going to figure it out. Fortunately with the app, I had a little, I was ahead of the game. So I had a little bit of digital technology in my back pocket to make it happen. And um, that was also when I decided um, when California re-shut back down again, 
um, after that very tiny amount of time being open, I'm like, I've got to share this opportunity with the beauty community. I need to create some sort of um, financial infusion for them. And so with the Pretty Set Go virtual beauty box, that's where I launched the beauty ambassador program. And all they have to do is go to my website, click on ambassador, sign up, refer people to purchase the box. And then every week I pay them via PayPal or Venmo, um, their commission off of that referral. So they can develop another stream of income inside or outside of their um, beauty business themselves. So many questions. So, <laughs> so inside the box, because we're all so different, curly, straight, fine, coarse, colored, not colored, heavily bleached and so forth, is it that there's a different box for every type of hair and that the, the consumer selects what they think is for them? Or does it start with the consultation at, from your ambassador and then they choose the box and then send it to that particular client? Well, again, this is where I realized that every single person that wants to work within my business, um, they want to come in at a different way. So I've created multiple points of entry of how you can engage. You can either become a virtual stylist, so you're not necessarily referring all the time. You're just meeting the clients in the virtual world to teach them how to use the products in the box. Um, or you're an ambassador where you're just like, you know what, I want to be as hands off as possible. I'm just going to go ahead and use all your social media stuff and post it and sell it there. Um, or you can be a working stylist, chair renter, solopreneur um, that actually says you have, you want wavy hair, then you need to get the pretty wavy box. And then we have a questionnaire that they fill out so that we can curate it more specifically to when the customer goes on there. And we have a QR code that we send out to the, our ambassadors that their clients just have to scan the QR code and they can help them select it right then and there, um, no matter where they're at. But yes, yeah, so what I found was through the Pretty Convenient app is we had very popular hair services and very popular makeup services and very popular skincare services. And so the initial launch was wrapped around those. So we had a pretty coily. So if you have, you know, that 4C coil, then we have the products that are curated to help with that in the um, actual tools within the box. If you are wanting a pretty long, then that means you have extensions and you need to have products, tools, and equipment that's going to help you maintain your extensions um, between your services. And then skincare wise, um, if you have, you want pretty skin, then we have a more detailed consultation form that you fill out. And then as I was saying before, I do have um, team members that work side by side with me in the offices, so to speak. And so we will reach out if um, afterwards we get the consultation, if there's any specific questions about how we can curate this box specifically and directly for them. So it's multiple points of entry through there. And then once they get the box, they just scan the QR code in the box, meet the artist in the virtual, and then they'll teach you how to, how to utilize the box to create a, the look specifically to you and who you are. So um, because they do come so incredibly customized. Amazing. And are you doing your own products in there? Or are you partnering with different manufacturers depending on what the type of the hair is? Correct. So these are major brands all across, um, whether it's hair, makeup, or skincare. And so we're partnering with brands. My biggest, I will, I'm going to give a shout out now, right? Put it out in the universe, manifest it. Um, I am working very hard to create brand sponsorships and partnerships, even more so with a, a deeper discount in the boxes, 
the deeper the discount, the more commission pass through I can send to um, our beauty community when they do the referral. So if they want me to spend $15 on a bottle, I want to only spend $3 on that bottle of whatever it is they have. Um, so that's my biggest pain point right now is- mm, I hear, I just went to the beauty supply yesterday, licensed professional, picked up the brand new Redken Acidic Shampoo and Conditioner. Uh-huh. And I bought three pieces. Each of the three pieces were $17, my cost plus tax. Yeah. I was like, I feel like an old woman. I feel like how my grandmom used to be like, why don't you And I'm thinking I'm upset about 17. I have to turn around and sell that to somebody for 35. Yes. You know, absolutely. like when did that happen? And I wonder why yes. clients want to use drugstore stuff when they hear those price tags. It's well, insane. that's the, you know, if you'll give me a minute to kind of go off on a little bit of a tangent. Um, I love tangents. Okay, cool. We have to realize that um, as the beauty professional, if you have a really strong business, salon, spa, whatever it is, the brand should be yielding to you, not you yielding to the brand. And we need to start in this industry empowering ourselves by saying, I have a database of 20,000 clients that come into this building to pay whatever it is, $300 a visit, the brand should look at that and say, okay, well, instead of me giving that product to you for wholesale price at only about half off, they should be giving a deeper discount because you are advertising their brand to 20,000 individuals. So I really want to be a voice in this community beyond the portal of Pretty Set Go and Pretty Convenient App. I love being an advocate for my for the individuals that join me that way. But we need to understand that we have so much negotiation power that we haven't leaned into. And I think that it's because, and I know I'm getting really excited when I talk to you like this. Um, it's because we have always, and I did this when I was beginning, thought of ourselves as just a hairdresser just a cosmetologist. Uh, Wait, we're part of every major event in somebody's life. If they're, um, how many of us have shaved a client's head before or after the late hours because they were diagnosed with cancer and we were the ones that were given the privilege to know that. Um, It's now required in many states across the country to do domestic violence training because we hear about it. Um, with Jeannie Bra, Eyes on Cancer, that is helping us to certify, to learn how to um, identify changes of the skin so that we can help let people know the back of the ear or the top of the head if they need to see their doctor um, in regards to um, any tor- type of melanoma. You know, we're not physicians, but we certainly have this amazing power. So why don't we lean into the edge of that as human beings and entrepreneurs and beauty professionals and really be advocates for change and how this industry could look at each other and at ourselves. So I highly recommend anybody listening to this, as soon as you get done listening to this podcast, get on the phone with your distributor and your salon consultant and tell them, I have a hundred people that come to me every single four weeks. What are you gonna do for me to get your product in their hands? I love that. And it's so true because without us, 
they don't have the dis distribution, they don't have, you know, we teach clients how to use it. There's nothing worse than what's going on right now. Amazon's super convenient. God bless them. They're so organized. You know, I, I was out of coffee. It was at my house within three hours. I'm like, where did, where'd the drone go? Did it drop, stop, drop and roll the drone? Like how did that get here? Exactly. So it's amazing, but it's so hurtful when you have this relationship with your client and you have the product in your hand and it's right there on your shelf and the client takes a picture of it. They sit at the chair and they order and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. I have Amazon prime. I just want to get it delivered to my house. And you're like, ouch, seriously? because they wouldn't know about the product. They wouldn't be shopping for it on Amazon if it weren't for us. So it's really discouraging. And, and I will admit right now that I've completely given up on retail. We went the route of private label for a while because I thought yeah. at least they have to come to us for that. So that held us over for a little while. But now, I mean, we, we continue to try to find brands that aren't everywhere that are unique and, and you can't as of right today find right. them on Amazon and Ulta and Sephora. But the, the fact of the matter is, I love that you're doing something that is value plus the, the instructions, the connection to, you know, um, a hairdresser and that you're cognizant of trying to get that price down to pay it forward to the stylist. It's not all yeah. about you and your company and all everything coming to you the way that Amazon feels, you know, it's like, what else are they going to buy? They're buying supermarkets. <laughs> uh, now they're putting salons. Uh, Amazon's yes. opening salons. I heard I'm like, come on people salons. pharmacy. They do like, let the little guy make some money for once. So this is what's really interesting about it is like, um, well, two things that I spin off of this. Number one, there is a reason why Amazon is leaning into the beauty world because they know there's money to be made there. And we're not able to do it um, solely as individuals, as beauty professionals. So they see something there. So that London salon, the reason they did that is because they're using, utilizing it to gather intellectual data on how to better service our customers. Number two, it's part of the reason why I have the Pretty Set Go Box and the Brand Ambassador Program. For you as a salon owner, it would be, I pay 25% commission on the profits of every box you refer somebody to purchase. So as a salon owner, you would be better off not carrying the products on the shelves, maybe like a couple of one-offs for the old school customers that want mm -hmm. it right there, hot in their hands, but to have the QR code on a mirror cling, have your stylist say, this is what I did on your hair today, scan this QR code, the box will be delivered overnight to you at your house. And then you, as the business owner, receive 25% commission, but I've done all the heavy lifting and the leg work for you. And then what ends up happening is we are competing with Amazon now. We are giving the client. I'm At this point in time, I don't have the buying power to get it there in three hours, but oh my gosh, like that's a goal. Like let's put it out in the world and manifest it. Um, so there's, I, and that's what I love about being an entrepreneur is that um, finding solutions to problems. And when I go up against something that um, like when they did launch the London salon at first, I was like, oh gosh, that's going <laughs> to hurt us. And then they were saying like, well, they have this thing where it's a screen in front of them and the customer just points at it. And then the screen tells them what it does. Isn't that what we do anyway, when the product is sitting on the counter in front of the client, like take it off of the cart, 
put it in front of the client after you put it on somebody's hair, show them you're pouring it. Wait, isn't that what we do already? And we have a captive audience. So how can we even streamline it to make it less labor um, intensive? And then that's where um, the pretty set go box can um, really fill the, the need for so many different areas and avenues of the industry. So my hairstylists that are listening right now just drove off the road. They're like, 25%, sign me up. How do I do this? <laughs> um, I know I am. I'm like, hell, oh, sign me up. Um, I'm, I'm a refire and a shutter. We talked about that. I should, right? everyone, you should this, you should that, you should open a restaurant. Should. I just went, I, I had blood drawn today and I was feeling a little woozy. It was like a six oh, no. tuber. I'm like, oh man. Oh, I, wow. Of course I had to fast and I'm driving home and I'm like, I should get some orange juice in me before I drive any further. And there's this little French cafe that I, every time I drive by, I say to my husband, we need to go there for breakfast. And then you forget when you're looking for right. somewhere to go to breakfast. So I pulled in and the door was open and it was, I guess it was about 930 and most breakfast places open pretty early. So I didn't even consider whether they were open or not. And I walked in and all the chairs were up, turned upside down on the tables. And I said, oh, I'm sorry, are you not open? And they said, oh, we're here, but we don't open until 10. And I said, can I just get an orange juice to go? You know, I showed them my Band-Aid. I'm like, I just gave blood and I'm a little dizzy. And they're like, no, 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 come in, have breakfast. And they had the French accent. I said, Aww. oh my gosh. I have this entire cafe to myself. So I sit down and they have the French music playing and they have the accent. And I order this beautiful- Oh, that's amazing. Know, <laughs> fresh croissant, fresh out of the oven and it's warm. And I'm, what I'm doing is taking a picture of the croissant and the coffee and the menu. And I jumped on to Facebook. I'm new in this area and I don't know a lot of people and I've been wanting to push myself to meet more people. Mm -hmm. So I immediately, I said to the guy, you're going to be crowded. I'm going to get people to come here. They're like, it's so slow. You know, we, we didn't open. I'm like, no, done. So I'm like you, I'm the connector. I'm like, I went on St. Pete ladies meetup. I said, who wants to go to breakfast on Tuesday, August 17th at 10 AM? Here's the cafe RSVP. I have like 10 women already. It's been like an hour. That's amazing. And I love that. Cause I, I said, oh, you know, you really have to embrace technology. They were older. I said, do you do social media? Yeah, we try. And I'm like, you need people when they come here, ask them to take a picture and to yes. post something to their neighbors or whatever. And all of a sudden the place will be bumping. The food was great. It's just not a great location. So, yeah. you know, and yeah. then I, I get too over and I'm like, you should have, you know, a card reader come here <laughs> and you should have a book club here and you should have, and I'm like, Elaine, this is not your restaurant. Shut up and drink your orange juice. <laughs> But I can tell you're the same way. We want other people yeah. to succeed and we find it so, you know, fulfilling to try and connect people to their passion and what they need. That lights me up just as much as my own projects, you know, connecting people. Absolutely. I love it. Absolutely. No. So how can and people find you and become an ambassador? I want to make sure that um, we give people number your Number one, to become an ambassador, let's do that first. Um, prettysetgo.com. And then just click on um, the right-hand side of the screen where it says brand ambassador. Just fill out the information and get you all set up. And then you'll receive an email and a little starter kit to get you going. And then um, to find me, I hang out quite a bit on my Instagram. So it's my first and last name, Tracy Fatacek, F-T-A-C-E-K. And um, my DMs are always open on Instagram. And it's where I really love to meet and 
connect with people and encourage them. And then obviously, if they'd like to email me directly, if they have any specific questions, um, Tracy at prettyconvenient.net, which is um, also Pretty Convenient app is in the Apple and Android store as well. They can check everything out there. So, well, you certainly again, made it easy enough. I love <laughs> lots that. of points of entries, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And I love your passion. I love everything that you're doing. And I'm so happy that we were able to connect. I definitely feel like I found a, a soul sister when it comes to the, uh, the brain that never stops Absolutely. coming up with ideas. It's the body that doesn't keep up with the, uh, the, <laughs> the fulfillment of all of the exactly. ideas um, and finding others quite as passionate as me to do it with me. So um, you're amazing. This Thank you amazing. so much. I really, yes. this is one of my favorite podcasts I've been on. So I really enjoyed awesome. tremendously spending this time with and you. It's our, it's our tribe, right? We have to get you out in front of the, uh, the salon professional. That's, that's our both of our tribes that we're passionate yes. about. So it's a perfect fit. Thank you so much. This was awesome. And thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.